Hello and welcome to Genius Little Minds, the podcast about childhood mental health from the perspective of a licensed mental health professional. I'm Dr. Madeline Vieira, a clinical child psychologist specializing in infant mental health and childhood anxiety disorders. I'm also a mother of three girls, ages seven, four, and three, so I can personally relate to a lot of the struggles parents go through. Raising healthy children is important. So on each episode of Genius Little Minds, we'll dive into an aspect of childhood mental health. I'm here to shine a light on the tough issues that families like you are facing every day. Things like childhood mood disorders, anxiety, tricky family dynamics, and more. I'll guide you through the various aspects of children's mental health so you not only understand your child better, but also feel empowered as a parent to make decisions and help them seek treatment if it's needed. My mission is to demystify childhood mental health issues so you can connect with your child better and help them lead a healthy, happy life. Throughout the podcast, I'll help you understand the signs, symptoms, and treatments for various childhood psychological disorders. We'll talk about how you can best support your child both at school and at home, and how to find professional help if necessary. Together, we'll navigate tough topics like infant attachment, toddler tantrums, signs of anxiety, ADHD, and childhood depression intrusive thoughts or obsessive behaviors, and so much more. So, whether you're having trouble bonding with your newborn or you have an older child displaying behavioral difficulties, this podcast is for you. I work with infants and children with a wide range of mental health concerns. If you gain one thing from this podcast, it's that you are not alone. Thousands of families struggle with the same things that you do. And the good news is, help is available. I believe that with the right information, you can make empowered decisions for your family. The toddler years are all about exploration. Your toddler is developing independence, forming opinions, and learning how to problem solve and regulate emotions. If you have a toddler, I bet you can relate. One moment you're reveling in how adorable your toddler is, how she obediently gets in the car without fuss and happily sings along to her favorite song, bobbing her head in the back seat. Then, in the next moment, you cross the grocery store threshold and your sweet, angelic child has thrown herself onto the floor with a ceremonious wail and is screaming inconsolably for chocolate. If I had to guess, as a parent of a toddler, you've witnessed your fair share of temper tantrums, dealt with biting or engaged in power struggles with your child. And we're going to tackle all of these topics and more in today's episode. Believe it or not, your toddler isn't trying to frustrate or embarrass you by having a meltdown in public. Temper tantrums at this age are actually a normal part of development. They're your two or three-year-old's way of expressing big emotions they're unable to regulate. You may be thinking, sure, Dr. Vieira, I understand that temper tantrums are a normal part of growing up, but my child has a lot of them. While there's no such thing as a tantrum disorder, Frequent or persistent tantrums may be an indication of a larger issue at hand. Children with ADHD are particularly prone to outbursts or meltdowns because they struggle with poor impulse control and being bored. A recent study showed that over 75% of children who had severe temper outbursts also fit the criteria for ADHD. Children with autism or anxiety may be especially sensitive to unexpected changes and unfamiliar situations and then have a tantrum as a result. Children with sensory processing issues may have a tantrum if they are experiencing sensory overload. And childhood depression or undiagnosed learning disorders could also be contributing factors to a little one throwing excessive tantrums. 
please talk to your child's healthcare provider if you're concerned about their behavior. That being said, if your toddler only has temper tantrums once in a while, remember, it's a normal part of growing up. A young child can't express frustration, anxiety, or anger the way you and I can as their brain is still immature. So they may engage in a number of dysregulated behaviors when they're overwhelmed. Throwing a tantrum may be one way they express intense feelings or overwhelm. You're not letting her have her chocolate, but she wants the chocolate and she wants it now. She thinks you're being so unfair. The perceived injustice of it all may be enough to push your child into a tantrum because she doesn't yet have solid skills and impulse control, delaying gratification, self-soothing, communicating her needs or wants, or understanding what an appropriate response to this situation in the grocery store is. The good news is, by age three and a half, most children have few or no tantrums. Emotion regulation is a skill children need to be taught, just like problem solving or communicating their needs. And when we think about children biting, it's actually a similar kind of response. Biting usually happens when a young child is overwhelmed by what they're feeling and doesn't know how to regulate themselves. Now, I'm not saying biting another person is okay. It most certainly isn't. But it is pretty normal for toddlers or children under three to experiment with biting. The American Psychological Association estimates that roughly one-third of toddlers and perhaps as many as half in daycare are bitten by another child. Similar to throwing a tantrum, a child may bite because they're angry, frustrated, or seeking control or attention. You can use biting as a teachable moment. If your child bites another child, separate them, make sure the bitten child is all right, and then use calm, clear language to attend to the biter. For example, if your toddler bites his brother, after you separate them, you can say something like, Tommy took your toy and that made you mad. It's not okay to bite when you're mad. It is okay for you to come to mommy or daddy for help. You may think you have it tough with the toddler and I can empathize. They can be tricky when they're in their biting, tantruming, throwing or opinionated phases. But please remember that your toddler is not trying to make your day difficult or miserable by acting out. They're transitioning from being completely dependent on you or another caregiver to learning how to master new skills and become more independent, and this comes with some inherent challenges. You may be listening and thinking, whoa, my toddler doesn't bite other children. They don't even like being around other children at all. Some toddlers display behavioral inhibition, which is essentially a tendency to display fear or wariness of new people or situations. If you find yourself marveling at your friend's kids who introduce themselves to every kid on the playground while your little one sticks shyly by your side, then you know what I'm talking about. Children with a fearful temperament are more likely to stick close to a parent or caregiver when faced with a novel situation, like meeting new people for the first time or being in an environment they aren't familiar with. This is important to note because anxious behaviors in early childhood tend to be predictive of anxiety as an adolescent and adult. So what does your child's anxiety have to do with you? And how can you as a parent help? The answer may surprise you. Of course, as a parent, you play a huge role in your child's life. Your behaviors impact them significantly, and the way you parent has a huge impact on the way your child acts and conducts themselves in the world. Now, I'm not here to shame anyone's parenting styles, 
I know everyone is doing the best they can with the resources available to them. But I am here to talk a little bit about the assertion of independence in the toddler stage and how your parenting style may be encouraging that independence or restricting it. There are two parenting styles I'll cover today. Protective parenting and autonomy granting, also known as autonomy supportive parenting. Can you guess which parenting style poses an increased risk for a child developing anxiety? Protective parenting looks something like this. A child wants to explore the local playground and mom or dad is standing right next to them, ready to catch them the second they fall. Or a child wants to put away their toys after playing with them, but mom or dad picks them up instead. Or a child wants to play with another child and mom or dad constantly reminds them to be careful. Protective parenting is defined as the broad restriction of a child's autonomy and can increase the risk of child anxiety development. All parents are protective of their children to some degree. Of course you are. It's your job to keep your children safe. But protective parenting can interfere with a child's exploration and discovery of the magical world of autonomy, which are vital in the toddler stage. A child who is protectively parented is less likely to explore their environment independently, is less confident in the way they interpret different situations, and is less likely to cope and self-regulate independently in the future. Autonomy-granting parenting, on the other hand, encourages independence in ways that are gentle and appropriate. In this parenting style, parents allow children to explore new, non-threatening situations without interfering. Autonomy-supportive parenting doesn't just teach children to be independent, it also teaches them that it's okay to be themselves, be comfortable in their own body, feel their feelings, and helps them understand rules. Let's go back to the example of cleaning up the toys. Remember that a parent engaging in protective parenting might complain that there are toys on the floor, but pick them up anyway? Rather than berating a toddler for a messy room, autonomy-supportive parenting looks more like this. Try saying something like, Tonight, I'd like you to put away your books, and I'll put away your blocks. Tomorrow, you can do both the books and the blocks. This approach gives them the opportunity to practice a new skill with you and makes the long-term goal that they will put away their own things clear. Autonomy-supportive parenting with toddlers focuses more on the process of learning, not on performance. It will take time for your toddler to learn a new skill. Children in general want to learn and cooperate, but their development will unfold at its own pace. And that can be frustrating for both a toddler and you. Try to remember that your toddler is doing the best that they can, just like you. Children who receive autonomy-supportive parenting are less likely to develop anxiety. When you give chances for learning and practicing skills, you teach them that they can learn from their mistakes rather than teaching them to feel bad about themselves. parent, I bet you're invested in teaching your toddler how to share. Even though infants as young as eight months old have showed the capacity for sharing, offering things up to their parents without being prompted, sharing can be hard for young children to grasp. Often children are not inclined to share unless they are prompted to. Four-year-olds tend to require less explicit cues to share than two- and three-year-olds do, but generally young children want to put their own needs first. And if somebody gets in the way of those needs, they may become upset. It's not very realistic to expect your two-year-old to be a competent sharer. They're just too young to grasp the concept. One reason 
they may not be able to share this age is because they can only form very short sentences. Two-year-olds lack the ability to explain what they want or need, let alone have complex discussions about sharing a toy or crayon. In one national parent survey, 43% of parents thought their two-year-old should have already mastered the art of sharing. But the reality is this skill doesn't develop until a child is about three and a half or four years old. Remember that a young toddler may hit or bite when they feel big emotions they don't know how to control. So if a friend snatches away a toy or beloved object, look out for that sort of behavior. You can reflect your toddler's feelings and coach them through their intensity. For example, you could say something like, it's Joshua's turn with the pink sidewalk chalk. You can have a turn in five minutes. It's okay that you're frustrated, waiting is hard. If your young toddler is already having a meltdown about their favorite art materials being snatched and hitting has ensued, ensure the children are safe and calm before trying to offer a correction. Once they're calm, explain expectations clearly. Try saying something like, hitting is not safe. Next time ask, can I have a turn? Even if they can't say the full phrase yet, you're modeling an appropriate response for them. And in the meantime, try to embrace parallel play with other children. We'll cover toddler play in next week's episode. Point out when sharing naturally occurs in your day-to-day -day life as a family. If you share a piece of cookie with your spouse, for example, point this out to your toddler and ask if they also would like to share. You can also discuss how it feels to be shared with. For example, you could ask, how do you think daddy feels about mommy sharing her cookie with him? Or you could ask the opposite, saying, if mommy didn't share her cookie with daddy, how do you think he would feel? Talking about sharing can help a child understand the concept better. Remember, sharing is a skill to be learned. What if there are limited art supplies or toys? You can teach a toddler problem solving. Perhaps there's only one jumbo paintbrush and two toddlers who want to use it at the same time. Encourage them to think about how they could both engage with it. For example, you could ask, there's only one paintbrush for us to use. How can we all play with it? Sharing is a big topic for toddlers and one we will go into more detail about next week when we talk about play. As always, now is the portion of the podcast where I take caller questions. On every episode, we hear from parents from all over the world in the hopes that we'll help you get some clarity on how to support your child. Hello, my name is Tracy from Singapore. I'm a mom of two and a half year old twins, one boy and one girl. They recently started hitting each other and the dog. They're not hitting hard, but still, I don't want them to think it's okay. I'm concerned you're going to hurt someone or the dog is going to get fed up and bite them. I have no idea where they might have picked up this behavior. Should I be worried someone at school is hitting them? Hi Tracy, thanks for calling in with your question. Toddlers going through a hitting phase is a struggle that almost every parent faces and it can be a really tricky situation to handle. First and foremost, you should recognize that hitting at this age is completely developmentally typical and is not always a sign that anything is wrong. It's good to be vigilant and perhaps meet with your toddler's teacher to check in on how their school is going. Children do mimic one another, so it is possible they see hitting at school among other toddlers, but it's also possible that their hitting is unrelated to school. Do some digging with the teacher if you feel that that's a concern. 
Most often, there isn't malicious intent behind toddler hitting. Toddlers are just tiny humans with lots of emotions that they don't know how to process. When they don't know how to express these big feelings, they can come out in the form of hitting. Some areas you could examine are their sleep and eating habits. Are they getting enough sleep during the day and at night? Are they eating well-balanced meals? Does the hitting happen when they're hungry or tired? Just like you might feel more emotional when you're tired or hungry, your child could feel that way too. The difference is that they don't have the words to express how they feel or the techniques to effectively cope with and manage those feelings. You should set firm boundaries on hitting. Make clear that the behavior is not acceptable in order to keep everyone around them safe and focus on giving them more effective tools for managing and displaying these feelings. Help them label their feelings and demonstrate for them more appropriate responses for when they feel mad or frustrated. It's best to go through this once your toddlers have calmed down so their brains can more easily process and learn what you're sharing with them. You can say to them, I see that you were feeling very upset back there. What made you feel this way? They might say, I wanted to play with that toy. I understand that this made you frustrated, but hitting is not safe. Instead, you can let them know that you'd like to play with the toy next. And I know it's so hard to wait for something when you really want it. You can also ask me for help if you're having a difficult time. The hitting phase is a hard one and requires a lot of patience. Stick with your boundaries and remember that your toddlers are learning so many social-emotional skills at this age. Hi, Dr. Vera. Thank you for taking my call. This is Clemens and I'm calling from Geneva, Switzerland. I'm looking for some advice because I feel like my three-year-old, who is also my oldest, is constantly acting out. She screams about everything. I offer her the wrong snack. She screams. Want to take the dog for a walk? She screams. Time for bed? Screams. I just feel like she's crying and screaming all the time. The other day, she asked me for eggs for breakfast. And when I met them, she then threw them all over the floor. <sighs> Is it normal? I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing wrong. Ah, I don't see that type of behavior with my friends' kids or with the other kids at school. Clemence, thanks for calling in with your question. I sense your frustration and would love to provide some pointers for you. A roller coaster of emotions is normal at this age. Not only are toddlers feeling really intense, but these emotions are also all new to them. As adults, we can, for example, recognize this anger we feel as similar to that one time a year ago and that frustration as the time we felt two weeks ago at work. Toddlers, on the other hand, are often experiencing all these big emotions for the first time, and it's really scary. They don't know why their body and brain feel the way that they do, and they don't know what to do to make it better. That's where we as caregivers need to step in. We need to help our children label their emotions, identify where these feelings came from, and cope with these feelings in a healthy way. Those are big skills and they aren't developed overnight. It will take time, patience, and intention from you. You may find it helpful to read books about emotions and coping techniques with your daughter. There's a book titled Feelings by Kathy Gordon, which is a fabulous resource on helping children talk about all the different emotions they might feel, which boosts confidence and develops empathy. Another great book on feelings is The Color Monster by Anna Jenas. Role-playing through triggering situations 
may also help her to understand what a better response may be in various situations. Also discuss in an age-appropriate way how her feelings don't have to dictate her behavior. For example, just because she feels mad doesn't mean she has to throw her toys or scream. She can choose to have a different response to her anger, like taking deep breaths or watching a timer to calm down. Though it's very difficult, try to stay as calm as possible through her outbursts. You need to be the calming force in the room, not one that adds to the negative energy. If her behavior continues and you feel like you need more support, don't be afraid to reach out to a mental health professional for more techniques and guidance. Hi, Dr. Riera. My name is Laszlo. I'm calling from Budapest. This might sound like a, a silly question, but I genuinely want to know, how do parents read to their toddlers? Everyone always talks about reading to their toddlers and I, I literally cannot get my two-year-old to sit still long enough to get through a book. He, he tries to turn the book upside down, he rolls around on the floor, he turns the pages before I'm done reading, he interrupts constantly or, or demands to see a different picture. It's, it's literally impossible. I know it's, uh, it's important for his development, but it's, it's so chaotic trying to read to him that uh, I, I just want to give up. Hi, Laszlo. This is a great question. So many parents recognize the importance of reading to their children, but struggle to actually make it happen. Let me give you a few of my favorite tips. Try to pick books that are interactive. This could mean touch and feel books, books with buttons that make noise, or books with flaps. There are also books that speak directly to your child or ones where the storyline changes as your child makes choices and picks which page to turn to. You can also try reading to your son at a different time of the day. Bedtime may not work for your child because he's wanting to stay active to try to keep himself awake. Some parents have found that bath time works better because their child is confined to the small space of the bathtub. Test out various times in your schedule to see if one time works better than the other. Giving an overview of the book before starting to read is also a good idea. If he knows where the story is going or what exciting thing will happen at the end, he may be more apt to sit and listen. If possible, give him something to do with his hands. This could be the book itself, like with touch and feel books, and by turning the pages. Or you can give him a small, quiet toy to hold while you read. Be understanding if he can't sit right now to read books. Do try regularly, but don't push too hard. It will get better with time, maturity, and practice. Hello, this is Tom calling from Miami, Florida. Uh, my toddler refuses to get dressed, and she only ever wants to wear her pajamas. And the pajamas have to be long-sleeved and long pants, even when the weather is warm. I try to offer her choices and let her assert her independence by getting to choose what she wears, but it still feels like such a battle, and she doesn't want to wear daywear. How can I make getting dressed less of a battle? Hello, Tom. Thanks for sharing your question. Giving your toddler choices is a great start, but it seems like it isn't quite working. I'm happy to share my thoughts. It is possible that the pajamas themselves are not the main source of the issue. She could be struggling with the transition of leaving home. If the two of you separate after getting dressed and leaving the house, she could be trying to prevent that situation from happening. Refusing to get dressed is a physical demonstration of her emotional state. 
To help remedy this, you could make a visual representation of the morning schedule. Write out everything that your daughter needs to do to get ready for the day, including getting dressed. When she knows what to anticipate happening next, the transitions may not be so difficult. Try to be very intentional about the time that you two spend together in the morning. If possible, eat breakfast with her and spend quality time together. Allow for extra time in the mornings so that feeling rushed doesn't add to the tension. Consider reading books that help children with separation anxiety, like The Kissing Hand, or my own book, Charlie Cub is Afraid to Leave His Mother, coming out in autumn. These books can help your daughter label her feelings and give her strategies to cope with her emotions. It's also possible that since she really likes long-sleeved shirts and long pants, she's struggling with a sensory issue. I discuss sensory issues in episode 3 of my podcast. You may find that episode helpful to glean some tips to use with your daughter. Sensory processing disorders can feel difficult to understand and address since we often don't experience those feelings ourselves. Bringing a mental health professional on board can be very beneficial if a sensory issue is present. Don't hesitate to reach out for help if you think that your daughter would be helped by additional support. Toddlers can be tough, but I hope this episode helps you understand why toddlers sometimes hit or bite, refuse to share, or do other things that leave you wondering, is this normal? Here are three key points to remember about toddler behavior. One, toddlers may throw tantrums, hit or bite when they are dysregulated. Emotional regulation is a learned skill, so children need to be taught how to self-regulate and have lots of opportunities to practice it. Two, protective parenting can increase the risk of child anxiety development, while autonomy supportive parenting teaches children it's safe to be themselves and try new things. Three, children don't have the skills or ability to share until they're roughly three and a half to four years old. So encourage parallel play for your young toddlers or encourage activities that don't require toy sharing, like dancing or playing hide and seek. I hope you found today's episode on toddler behavior informative and helpful. Stay tuned because next time we'll cover all your burning questions about a really fun topic, toddler play and learning. Did you know there are actually different kinds of play? Next time, we're going to talk all about letting your toddler get messy, playing outside, sharing toys, and much more. I can't wait to tell you all about the benefits your child will reap from just having fun. See you next time, and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode.